Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder, and I'm here to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy, vitality, and joy and become the CEO of your health. Let's jump on in. Imagine this. There you are, pacing around the kitchen long after dinner, probably cleaning up after dinner, going over all the things that you need to get done tomorrow. We're playing them over and over and over again. Maybe you even have a list on the counter table when suddenly, wham, it hits you. A craving so intense, you completely stop what you're doing just to let it sink in. And naturally, you're surrounded by all the things, right? The snacks, the treats, everything in your house because you're in the kitchen and you know exactly where that chocolate is or the leftover ice cream from the night before or even the rest of the pasta that you didn't quite finish earlier because it's probably not even in the refrigerator yet. Sound familiar? You could be in a pattern of stress eating and not even realize it's happening. Truth is, we all experience intense cravings from time to time and yes, the impulse can be very difficult to manage. But what's really going on in your body to cause this type of impulsive stress eating? What is that unmet need? Now, stress eating can show up in a few different ways, like late night snacking. Maybe it is that two or three o'clock in the afternoon craving. And that is a craving that I know all too well. Honestly, I have been fighting the two to 3 p.m. afternoon craving for over a decade. Like it has been my Achilles heel since I can remember, probably longer than a decade. And, you know, when that unmet need comes up and it comes up at least once a week, no matter how dialed in I am on my blood sugar, no matter how dialed I am on my metabolic health, no matter how many self-care, you know, strategies I have in place, I will tell you what, that craving comes a knocking at like 2.30 to 3 p.m. every single day. And what I do in that moment, and we're going to be talking a lot about this in today's episode is I ask myself, like, what is that unmet need? Like, what is it that my body's really needing right now? And I'm always right that one thought away of either going into the cupboard where all of Kingston's yummy, healthy, Dr. Marisa approved snacks are at, right? That still have a, you know, some of them have some sugar in it. Let's not, you know, let's not (laughs) pretend. Um, Or choosing a different thought. And so often when I check in with myself, is that I've just hit zombie mode. I've been being productive since like six o'clock in the morning or 6.30 in the morning. And finally, my body just kind of hits a rut around 2.30, 3 o'clock. And what always is the thought that I end up landing on is that I need a reset. I need to go take a walk. I need to get out in nature. And I take about a five to 10 minute walk. Again, a couple of times, almost every single day around that time, but definitely when I get those cravings. And when I get back to the house, the craving's gone, right? The unmet need has been fulfilled and I, I feel energized, I feel good, and I'm not privy to that, that stress response eating that I am patterned to do all of the time. And I think that's what we don't realize is that it's a pattern. It's a pattern that's been playing out for many, many years because it's a way to numb out, it's a way to disassociate, it's a way to kind of soothe whatever that, that issue is that is going on, that is probably going on every single day. Um, And like I said, you know, stress eating shows up for us in all different ways. And its causes can often be overlooked unless you're asking yourself those questions and really digging in. Now, on today's episode, I'm going to take a closer look at how the body works to help you better understand what's really happening in stressful situations and how you can find balance without sacrificing the pleasure of nutrient-dense 
food, right? We want to make sure that we are nourishing your body and not sabotaging your blood sugar metabolism and even your mental well-being because we know that sugar and excess ultra-processed foods have a profoundly negative impact on our mental well-being. So first, what is stress eating and why do we do it? Stress eating might look different from one person to another, but for me, like I said, it is breaking off a piece of a huge chocolate bar at totally unnecessary times, <clears throat> two or three o'clock in the afternoon. Again, it's less and less these days, but it can happen. Um, and to get an idea of what it looks like for you, here are some of those common signs just to be looking out for. One, intense physical hunger or cravings for specific foods, feeling that you're out of control and more prone to overeating or binge eating, feeling overfull from eating large amounts of food, especially foods that are not really serving you, noticing that you may eat despite not feeling hungry, and more so as a result of strong negative emotional triggers or responses, reaching for less healthy comfort foods, again, like sugar and chips and crackers, such as processed foods or acellular carbs with higher sugar content um, than more balanced nutrient-dense options. Now, some people may find that their stress eating is associated with strong sensations of hunger or cravings, while others may feel that their eating is driven by powerful emotional responses like joy or a rush of energy or even a sense of peace or calm, right? So after you have whatever that is, you know, that chocolate bar or the cupcake or the donut that you just feel a sense of relief. Now, whatever the cause may be, it often doesn't do much good to simply try to resist the powerful urges that overwhelm you in that moment. What can be more helpful is to understand how to set your body up for reducing these triggers and cravings in the first place. So what causes us to stress eat, right? You might think you know everything about stress. I often try to think I do <laughs> and that you've got it totally under control, but I urge you to double check that. The type of stress you're experiencing and where it came from can be very different than what we're used to. For example, you could be dealing with a lot of work stress or maybe you lifted something way too heavy and your muscles are more torn and broken down as usual. You might even have a ton of unregulated anxiety going on in the background that is putting additional stress on your brain. Or as I mentioned, it could be this like groove in your central nervous system that is playing out over and over and over again, right? That when you are you elicit a stressful situation or perceived stressful situation, or you're feeling extra run down and burned out, there's an old patterning there that says, oh, you know what's going to fix this? <laughs> let me get a little extra like sugar boost or let me get a, you know, a, an almond iced latte, you know, with a little extra sugar pump, you know, because that's going to really alleviate and fix this problem. So I have a feeling that, you know, it's, it's longstanding patterns that you just haven't been able to identify that are easily triggered up when you find yourself in those perceived stressful situations or you're feeling run down or you've had a hard day or you've got a nasty argument with somebody, like how easy it is it to just go to the Starbucks drive-thru after a really crappy day to kind of soothe out whatever that crappy situation was. Well, regardless, it really is important to kind of identify and to get your body back into balance. So when you think about the reasons why your body may experience higher amounts of stress, you have to think about the different sources of stress your body encounters regularly, which may include things like emotional or social stressors, nutrient imbalances, exercise you may not be able to tolerate, especially if you're not well-fueled. This has been a situation for me where this year I decided to take up heavy, heavy weightlifting 
um, because I wanted to really not only maintain muscle mass, but gain more muscle mass. I wanted to be the most toned I've ever been. And I ended up going too hard on some of these, these training sessions and ended up burning myself out. And what I found is that my body was just extra stressed, extra burned out. And again, I had that kind of pattern that I grooved in a long time ago where I was like, oh, you know what? It's going to fix this really hard moment for me. Like I found that the weight, the weightlifting that I was doing, you know, two to three times a week um, was causing me to feel under-resourced faster um, and that I really couldn't function. And so it, it was uh, on top of a couple of other things that I went kind of hard on, um, all of a sudden I felt more stressed. I felt more exhausted. I felt more triggered and irritated. And um, I was, I, I found myself reaching for the thing that I used to reach for back in my 20s when I felt like this all the time or back in my early 30s when I felt like this all the time. And so it's crazy how these triggers can come up <laughs> when you do not want them the most um, because they're kind of these like prehistoric, right, <laughs> triggers and, and patterns that kind of will resurface to be kind of I, what, I, what I always like to say is they are, they are wanting to be up for review, meaning that they're coming up to the surface because they want they want you to really acknowledge them and address them and um, and really deal with them in a way that's going to serve you. And so I, um, when I started to see these patterns coming back up and I started to feel the way that I used to feel, I was like, oh, I know what this is. I know exactly what's happening. I know exactly what I'm doing. And I know that I need to shift quickly because I'm going to keep going down the wrong path of burnout. So it's, it's you know, it's looking and finding what is it? So exercise was a big part of this. Um, I just was pushing harder than I really had the capacity to do so. On top of that, for me and definitely for so many of us is poor sleep. Man, when you're not getting great sleep, not only does it deregulate your blood sugar, it puts you kind of on a blood sugar roller coaster. And what you'll find is you start to self-soothe and try to manage that sleep deprivation with something else. Ultimately, ends up usually being something nutritionally that's not serving us. Hey, one more thing. Did you know that one of the biggest nutrient deficiencies that I see in people, especially women, is a magnesium deficiency? It's because we burn through this super mineral so quickly. Now, this powerful mineral packs a massive punch because magnesium is involved in over 600 reactions in the body. Now, it is your best friend if you need more energy, better sleep, a faster metabolism, improved digestion, and not to mention happier periods. And you can quickly replenish your magnesium levels with my essentially whole magnesium restore supplement made with my favorite form of magnesium, magnesium glycinate. Use promo code podcast and get 10% off your entire order at drmarisa.com slash magnesium. Now I'll have the link in the show notes for this episode to make it easy. Go and try it out today. Here's something I know every woman can agree on. Stubborn belly fat can feel like the worst, especially when you've tried everything to lose it. Not to mention, belly fat can be dangerous for us too. According to a brand new study, women over 40 who have excessive belly fat are up to 20% more likely to suffer a heart attack. And no surprise, hormones are involved in belly fat production, which is actually good news because we can optimize your hormones and metabolism for a flatter stomach. And that's exactly what I'm offering to you as a free gift today. 
My Belly Slim Down Guide gives you three effective strategies to get rid of belly fat, along with recipes to reduce bloating, balance your blood sugar, and speed up your metabolic furnace to optimize fat burning. So grab the Belly Slim Down Guide with my proven protocols and recommendations and recipes now at drmarisa.com slash slimdown. That's drmarisa.com slash slimdown, and the link will be in the show notes. Fasting less or more than the body needs, injuries or infections, intolerances to food, supplements, or medications, or an underlying medical condition that compromises your body's function. And this could be a previous kind of like, again, something that you've experienced before, but then starts to creep up again. Like for me, again, I started to notice signs and symptoms of chronic fatigue and burnout. And I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. And one of the first ways that I knew that is one, my moodiness my low energy, and I started grabbing and really um, craving snacks that I hadn't been craving in over a year, maybe even longer than that. So again, important to know what it is for you um, and maybe some of these or it's many of these that you can really relate to. Again, everyone responds to stress differently. So it's a matter of just kind of figuring out what is coming up for review for you. Factors like sleep, exercise, and fasting can differ from one person to another. And when you are struggling in all areas, definitely um, things may pop up easier and can lead to different levels of stress depending on the person. Eating in response to stress means that you might be eating as a result of one or more of the above areas because you're feeling overwhelmed, right? These things are adding up in your body and you're feeling that. For example, you are more likely to feel persistently hungry when you are missing some key nutrients in your diet, when you aren't feeling, feeling your body well enough to support your workouts, or if you have imbalanced blood sugar. All of these things are actually stressors in their own way. The more stressed we are, the more we tend to stress eat. And here are some of the ways this type of eating affects the body. So we know that, and we know that how you eat and what you eat may have a powerful effect on your mood, emotions, and food choices, and your blood sugar, right? Studies show that the heightened states of emotional distress can alter hormones like cortisol, insulin, ghrelin, leading to higher intakes of fats and sugar as a result because we just go into survival mode. Once eaten, these foods may influence how your stress response system works, even regulating your stress-related emotions and your neurotransmitters. Some scientists even suggest that moods and emotions may be heavily influenced by dietary factors, including what and how we eat, and that this could mean certain emotional states have deeper nutritional influencers at work behind the scenes. Stress eating can also cause dreaded, obviously, weight gain, poor sleep, brain fog, even metabolic dysfunction, depending on what you eat, how much you eat, and when you eat it, right? And that's all predicated on when are you feeling the most stress, right? Is it that late night eating that is disrupting your sleep because you were in chronic, um, you know, mental chatter mode? Um, So it's really one, figuring it out and kind of identifying it for yourself. So awareness is such a key part here. And then it's important to know kind of where where does it leave us? What do we do, right? Because that's always the question is like, well, Marisa, I so appreciate, you know, the information, but like, what do I do about this? And this is, I mean, I'll tell you what, this is the million dollar question or the million dollar answer to the question, because this is something that's come up for me over and over and over again. I had a stress eating trigger moment literally just last week. And I'm sure it's going to happen this week too. I'm recording this on a Wednesday, no, on, on a Thursday. It's possible it's going to come up tomorrow. (laughs) We'll see. Um, Well, the best thing you can do to stop stress eating and prevent it from happening in the future 
is to develop a few healthy habits, right? Like kind of like how in order to reduce the amount of stress we're dealing with, we got to send our brain safety signals to just tell our brain, hey, it's okay. It's okay. We're good to go. We are in a safe container here. Um, Same thing with um, feeling stressed and stress eating, right? We've got to send our brain those same type of safety signals and have options for when that intense craving comes up. Things that you love to do that you know are going to not only distract you, but also equally meet that need um, that Cupcake would have met. Okay, so here are five surefire strategies to help you end the stress-eating-induced cravings for good. And again, like any strategy and like anything, it's going to require some practice, right? I would say, I wish I could tell you that I immediately just broke up with stress eating yesterday. No, I, I always, I believe that it's always going to come up for me. I believe that depending on all the other factors that I mentioned earlier, that if any of those are out of balance or there are multiple of them out of balance at the same time, that my, that my trigger for stress eating is going to be more available to me. And that I get to decide in that moment what what I do with it. But then also I get to recognize, oh, this is happening. Why is this happening? Let me look at how I'm operating in the world right now, how I'm operating in my body. And are there things that I can bring in preventively so that I'm not feeling this stress eating trigger? That's kind of where I'm always thinking of like, oh, this is curious. I'm starting to have a stress eating moment Where is that coming from? Well, maybe it's because I got only five hours of sleep last night. Okay, that makes sense. (laughs) Okay, let's see what I can do today to kind of get my my sleep under control. Well, I should probably go to bed an hour earlier, you know, right after I get Kingston down for bed, then I probably need to go to bed so that I can get more resourced, right? And I even wear a whoop strap and it tells me what my recovery score is based on my sleep. It tells me what my sleep score is, right? It's very honest with me. Like numbers don't lie. You know, biohacking devices aren't lying to me. And so I woke up today at 43% recovery. So I knew going into today is one, I couldn't push a workout really hard because I knew it was just going to drain me even more. Um, I knew that there's a good chance that around two or three o'clock in the afternoon, and it's two, it's right, it's 2.35 right now as I'm recording this, that there's a good chance I'm going to start experiencing a stress hunger trigger and what am I going to do as, you know, in, in response to that? Or how am I going to preemptively support myself through that? So just an example of it could play out today. Let's see what happens. So again, the five surefire strategies. Number one, meet your nutritional needs. As I mentioned above, and I mentioned all the time, imbalanced nutrient intake may lead to heightened cravings for some people, honestly, for a lot of us, right? If, if we don't get the nutrients that we need, then the nutrient-dense foods that we need, your body's going to be craving something. So some studies have also seen connections between nutrition-related factors impacting glucose and cravings. Here are some of the most common nutrition-related stressors that may be worth exploring. One, not eating enough protein, so you're not feeling satisfied and full. Um, Not eating enough fiber, same thing. Eating high amounts of processed or refined carbs that may negatively impact glucose regulation and send you on a blood sugar roller coaster. Missing out on essential fatty acids. Again, also in in lieu of of just not feeling full after a meal, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and potential vitamin and mineral imbalances. Number two, tune into hunger cues. So ignoring our hunger cues may have negative consequences for stress hormones as well as blood sugar regulation. 
Some studies suggest that waiting until you're extremely hungry before eating can lead to increased stress hormone activation and can lead to overeating, right? Have you ever gone to the grocery store hungry? You buy everything. You ever gone to the restaurant hungry? You just demolish everything. <laughs> we can see that play out. We all know we've all been there. So ignoring hunger cues may also lead to an increased tendency to overeat less healthy foods. There are also associations between artificially sweetened foods and increased cravings, mimicking the reward effect of sugar. So think Diet Cokes, Diet Pepsis. Um, that we find the research shows that although you're drinking a Diet Pepsi, it often lends to you eating foods, um, often highly ultra-processed foods that end up causing more weight gain. The, the clearest research shows that the consumption of diet drinks um, will often lead to weight gain over time. And when you're feeling hungry, again, the goal is reaching for nutrient-dense whole foods with minimally added sugar and plenty of fiber and protein is often the best strategy. And so that's why I love the concept of three-meal magic, right? Where you have these protein and fiber-rich uh, meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, so that you don't find yourself you know, starving a couple of hours later, where we find ourselves really in that either um, emotional blood sugar roller coaster is that we had a sugar breakfast or we had like a, a coffee and a pastry. And then two hours later, not only did that mess with our brain and neurochemicals, but also we are kind of flatlining again. So something to be mindful of, one of the best ways we can set ourselves up for success is eating nutrient-dense meals at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Number three, remove temptation, right? Take stock of your pantry, fridge, and cabinets for junk food. What are those food choices, right? If you have a higher number of snacks, such as a bag of chips, bars of chocolate, a tub of ice cream on hand, um, it may be time to do a little overhaul. Like if you're in my detox right now, which we kicked off literally yesterday, I have a whole kitchen makeover guide in there so that I set you up for success so that you don't feel like you're being sabotaged. And yes, that's even if you have family members and kids in the house where they've got more sugary snacks. And one of the recommendations that I make inside of the kitchen makeover guide is relegate everybody else's snacks and food to one shelf um, that is a little bit harder for you to get to or is just kind of off limits for you. Maybe it's in a separate cabinet. And that is the family's items or the kids' items. And then you've got your area where you're just pulling from. So even just kind of removing it out of the area that you would normally go to grab can really be helpful. So that's a strategy that I use. Um, when it comes to Kingston's really healthy snacks, um, even his little Simple Mills, we could call them Choco Cookies, um, which are really low, low sugar, um, it's still, it's a carb. It's going to break down. <laughs> I often pair that after dinner for him. He'll have like two. He's, he's always two, two Choco Cookies. Or um, what else does he have? Siete, siete cookies. I love them because five, they're autoimmune friendly and they're grain-free, dairy-free, all the things free, um, not sugar-free, obviously. But um, five cookies equals like five grams of sugar. So two cookies, which is his magic number because he's two, it's only like, what does that break down to? Um, it's, it's, it's a little over two grams of, of sugar, which I'm super down. Like obviously two and a half cookies is 2.5 grams. So even, even two cookies is barely at two grams of sugar. Um, and he's super happy. But even then I do know that those are still simple carbs and, and it's still, it's still going to be sugar, right? It's not like there's protein and fats in, in these cookies. They're the highest ingredients that I can get. And if I were to eat those by themselves as a snack, they would absolutely raise my blood sugar. 
And so what we do is we have Kingston's like little snack area that is Kingston's stuff. And then we have all the things that are Alex's and mine. Um, so again, even in my day-to-day life, detox or no detox, I kind of relegate all of Kingston's items somewhere and then all the things that are kind of you know, metabolically approved for us that, that really nourish my body in another area. So it's something to consider. Number four, practice emotional stress management techniques. So your emotional state can influence a lot about your food choices and your food choices can in turn influence your emotional state, duh. <laughs> Aside from improving the quality of your diet to support emotional well-being, here are some great behavioral strategies to try. One, belly breaths. One of the things that we're doing in our house is um, take a deep breath and count to four. And this really reduces the sympathetic nervous system. It helps to bring on the parasympathetic nervous system and even support um, better glucose control. Set boundaries, right? Today's busy and it's so easy to say yes to everything and everybody. Um, And so one of the best things you can do is set healthy boundaries and really ensure that you have personal self-care time. One of the things that I do and I'm doing really well these days is walking outside of nature, even if it's a five-minute walk. Just get outside and walk. I've got my earbuds. I've got my phone. I've got the courses that I'm in. I've got the podcast that I love to listen to. And I will just clock a thousand steps real quick um, because my goal every single day is a minimum of 12,000 steps, but I average 15 to 17,000 steps a day. And the way that I do this is that I take mini walk breaks throughout the day. I still get everything done, don't get it twisted, but anywhere where I can get in and fit in, I am gonna get a walk in. And I've already taken two walks today. I'm gonna take another walk in a minute and I'll at least get one more walk in in the evening when Alex starts Kingston's bath time. So again, anytime I can get a moment to go take a walk, that has been my favorite way to recalibrate, get my steps in, help to balance out my blood sugar after meals, and to just feel more resourced. And then consider including meditation, gratitude, or mindfulness practices to your daily or weekly routine. Recording your eating habits and practicing gratitude, you can do that literally in my self-care journal. Um, It's such a great tool to not only set yourself up for success, but get clear on how you want to take care of yourself that day and get clear on what you want to fuel your body that day. So again, there's a lot of tools out there. Just find the tools that really resonate with you. There's an app for everything as well. Um, just getting where you fit in. And then number five is keep your blood sugar in check. I cannot tell you how, how critical that is. If we can keep our blood sugar steady, man, we win the game. (laughs) We win the game of longevity. We win the game of metabolic health. We win the game of of cellular energy, mitochondrial energy, um, and we just feel better throughout the day. We're not just on this crazy emotional roller coaster. So by now, it's clear that blood sugar is connected to so many areas that may be impacting your cravings and your overall metabolism. Studies show and suggest that there is a relationship between poorly controlled glucose and cravings, right? When we go high on that blood sugar roller coaster, we gotta go down. We've all been on a roller coaster before. And that crash, you know what that crash is. You've seen the crashing kids, right? You've seen them when they're high on sugar and then they start to crash and melt. That's what happens to us too. We still melt down. I call it melt because... I don't like to say a full meltdown in my house because I just, I don't want all that association. Um, So I tell Alex, I'm like, oh, like I'm melting or or there's a melt moment happening with Kingston. 
but yeah, we got to go down, right? And and in that moment, your body goes into survival mode of like, oh my God, blood sugar crashing, um, hypoglycemia situation. We need to deal with that with extra sugar or an extra carb. And so you find yourself on this emotional roller coaster. So a few tricks to get your blood sugar back into balance. One, obviously reduce or eliminate added sugar, build metabolically healthy meals, try intermittent fasting, even just a circadian-based fasting. So only eat between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., generally speaking. Stop eating at least three hours before bed. Walk 10 to 15 minutes after meals. And if you can walk up to 30 minutes, even better. Improve your sleep hygiene, so get to bed earlier. Um, and add blood sugar balancing supplements like glucose support. I'll tell you what, my glucose support is so game changing. If you know you're already having deregulated blood sugar issues, you know you're struggling with insulin resistance or you're on the verge of prediabetes because you have a, a, a fasting blood glucose of like 95 milligrams per deciliter, I highly recommend getting on glucose support. And then bonus is track your blood sugar with a continuous glucose monitor. It can be really, really hard that if you've always been on a blood sugar roller coaster to know that you're actually on a blood sugar roller coaster. Most of us have no idea what our blood sugar numbers are because we, we're not testing them. Um, and I talk a lot about this. I actually have a continuous glucose monitor on right this second with NutriSense because I'm wearing it for the 14-day detox. I, I've worn it. This will be the third time I've worn it during my 14-day detox program because I love to see that my blood sugar levels are freaking optimal throughout the entire program because I'm following the protocol. Now, definitely go and check out episode 410 and 517 if you're interested in learning more about continuous glucose monitors. But to su suffice it to say, the juice is really worth the squeeze when it comes to wearing a continuous glucose monitor because they allow you to see exactly which foods are skyrocketing your blood sugar and help you to make better choices specifically for your body and your metabolic health which helps you to get your metabolism and blood sugar under control in an optimal way. Now, as I mentioned, I'm wearing NutriSense's CGM right now, and I highly recommend their product since they have all these incredible features, um, a personal team of nutritionists and dietitians, and so much more. And again, it, it all happens in real time. You can track your food, you track your activity, you track your blood sugar all day long. And if you're interested in getting a continuous glucose monitor, because so many people have reached out to me over the last year or two and said, hey, how do I get one of these? Like my doctor won't give you one. And guess what? Your doctor won't give you one um, for all kinds of reasons for another episode. Um, but if you want to get a CGM with NutriSense, I actually have a discount code right this minute. Um, just visit NutriSense.io slash Marisa and use my code Marisa, M-A-R-I-Z-A, for $30 off and one month of free dietitian support. So I will have all of this in the show notes for you to go and grab. Again, um, the website is NutriSense.io slash Marisa. The code is Marisa. You get $30 off and one month free dietitian support, which is really, really nice because they can kind of look and see, oh, what's, what's your glucose variability? What's happening with your spikes? You know, what are some of the trends that they're noticing? Because when you get one for the first time, it's a little bit hard to decipher. I've looked at dozens of them now of different people. Um, so I really have a great sense of things. But, you know, the first time I was looking at it, I was like, okay, let me try to figure this out. Um, so again, it'll be in the show notes in case you want to go and check it out. Um, I highly recommend it at some point, even for a month. It'll give you so much insight into what is going on on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, if you love these tips today, be sure to subscribe for more easy tips to heal your hormones and to upgrade your health. And... 
take a minute and rate the show. Honestly, just rate it real quick. That way more women are finding the show and becoming the CEO of their health. 